Welcome to the Hope United podcast, where we're creating a culture of worship, family, and discipleship. We hope this message challenges, inspires, and gives you hope today. I want you to help me invite two incredible guys up here on the stage, Minister James and Curtis Lowe. Give him a big hand, give him a big hand, give him a big hand today. Welcome, guys. Welcome. Um, as they're taking a seat, let me just say we've been on this journey talking about um, this series is about new life. So the concept is when you come to Christ, it's something completely different that you've ever experienced before. The Bible says it like this. It says, the old is passed away, and behold, all things have become new. So that means we're experiencing everything new. God is doing like a whole new thing in our life. So he's got us on this growth track, this learning track. And so we have to put a lot of the old ways, or all of the old ways rather, behind us and say, okay, what is this new life supposed to look like? Now that I'm following Christ, now that I'm doing things God's way, what does it look like? So let me start with you, Curtis. Um, what is this new life uh, in Jesus, what does it mean for you? Uh, well, new, what I started to do is I, I looked up a different form of new. And um, in the advert tense, new is something that already exists but isn't seen. And that showed me exactly what a new life and walk in, in Jesus was for me. He already has a whole glorious life set up in store for you, and you can't see it yet, but you got to surrender and give your, give your life over to him so that he can be able to reveal, reveal those things to you. Man, that's, that's so powerful. Um, and I think in a lot of ways, that's exactly what's happened to us. God created us to be like him, to be powerful, to be winners, to be successful. And then it's like life dumps all this stuff on us. And what the Holy Spirit wants to do is step into our life. What God wants to do is step into our life and remove all the garbage away, put all that old stuff away and say, look, this is what I designed you to be. Let me reveal to you your original design to be like God, to be like Christ, to win in life. I think sometimes we get used to losing and then we think we're losers. And we're covered up on all this, this garbage on top of us. Well, you know, you know what, Pastor Josh? Um, okay, let me just talk to y'all for a minute. It's a lot of generations in here. Um, everybody familiar with Pac-Man? That's a Pac-Man type of lifestyle, and that's kind of the lifestyle that I was living. So what I mean by that is... You had a world and you had this maze and Pac-Man's going through this maze and you see those little ghosts, those, those demons and all of those spirits, they chasing after you. But it's not designed to be like that. You know those fruits? Every time that Pac-Man reached and, hit and ate the fruit, what happened? He got powerful and those spirits, those demons, they start running from him, yeah. right? And he devoured those. So I had to stop living a Pac-Man type of lifestyle and, I, and that, that, that kind of speaks on in a sense of you know, what you're saying. Absolutely. I think a lot of times this is where we get hung up. Y'all can give this guy a hand. Um, I think where we get hung up is when we make a mistake and we start thinking that we're completely out of the game. We're disqualified. You know, like when you're playing a sport and it's like you do something and you've been, you get kicked out of the game. You get ejected. 
I think we think that life is like that or the new life in Christ is like that. We're going towards God. We're moving towards him and we do something. And it's like the devil tries to convince us that because we made a mistake, because we failed, because we sinned after we came down, we committed our life to we said, yes, Jesus. And then we failed and we sinned. Devil said, you're disqualified. You're eliminated. You're out. You're ejected from the game. Um, talk to me about what happens when we fail. The way I start see, seeing failure is uh, more of uh, an opportunity. To grow. To grow. Um, if I fail to, um, to seek out God, God doesn't stop loving me. If I fail to read my word for the day or to know more about him, he doesn't stop loving me. He's not going to fail me. So with that being said, I'm striving to move forward. Um, if I fail, we were talking about men's boot camp, and you know, I kind of reverted back to my time in the military. I got set up to fail. They made sure I failed, but it's, it's what you do when you fail. Do you keep getting back up? Whether you're crawling, whether you're running, whether you're low crawling, what, whatever the case might be, what do you do when you fail? Is it a, is it a thing of you're a quitter? Do you just stop? Or it's a thing to where, God, I know you, you gave me the ability. Um, I have that last breath in me. What, what do I do? Do I, do I keep moving forward? Do I keep seeking you? The, the, failure is not the end all of anything. It's just the beginning. It's just the beginning. If I fail, then I have to stand up and move forward. Because I failed, I know what I did wrong in the past. So now I'm not going to do that anymore. So I'm going a new path to get closer. I might slide a little bit, but failure is not the end. Failure is just the beginning. I think failure is part of the process. You know, it's like when a child is learning to walk, it's like to say that they're never going to stumble, that they're never going to fall down. In their process of learning how to walk. We are learning to live by the spirit. We are learning this new life. And so there's going to be moments that we're tempted. There's going to be moments that we fail. But the, the, the issue is not that we don't ever fail. It's about can we get back up. And that's what Proverbs 24.16 speaks to. Is that though a righteous man may fall. Seven times he gets back up. So it's about this tenacity to say, you know what? I may have sinned. I may have failed. But I'm going to get back up and I'm going to point myself back towards Jesus. I'm going to continue to get back up and I'm going to try to lessen these mistakes. Make a little bit less mistakes than I did previously. Be a little bit more like Christ today than I was yesterday. And so the, our hang up, I think, as human beings is we want to be perfect. We want to have it all together. Raise your hand if you want to have it all together. I got my hand up too because we want to have it all together. We want to have it all together right now. But the truth is, and this is what Paul said. He said, everyone's failed. Everyone's sinned and fallen short of God's glorious standard. But you know, the good thing is Jesus is there to help us get back up. And if we can exercise the strength to say, you know what? I'm going to get back up today. I'm going to get back up tomorrow. Anytime I fail, I'm going to get back up and I'm going to do better. Yeah. That, that, that's so key. 
because um, we're, we're, we're going to falter, we're going to fail, but the, the question is, can you get back up? What's the difference, Curtis, in a perfect man and a righteous man? Well, like James was saying in the earlier service, I believe the same as well. There's, there's no perfect man. Um, you know, God himself, Jesus himself was uh, who I consider perfect. But righteousness, to me, when you're chasing righteousness, you're, you're chasing perfecting yourself uh, to be Christ-like. Uh, you know, the Bible talks about that the road, the gate is narrow. The road is narrow. Um, many, many, many will not make it. Uh, but you know, the path is why, you know, for hell. And, um, when you walk in that tight, tight path using Jesus, uh, to keep you in line, um, to me, that's chasing nice, uh, righteousness to keep you in line with, uh, chasing perfection as well. So, uh, that, that way is very lo- uh, room for effort, very room, f- uh, you know, not as room for mistakes. All right. Follow, follow up right here. In the moments that you failed, and you and me have talked, and you got a you got a testimony, you got a backstory, just like everybody in this room's got a backstory, right? In those moments that you failed, how did you get back in the game? Well, uh, I suggest I suggest everybody in here just be a little proactive, um, and it's something that I'm working on as well. Get interested in your Bible. Get interested in the Bible. Find you a character. Find you a character in the Bible. Uh, get interested in the stories because the stories of thousands of years ago are still continuing right now in your, the, in your the current same day. Same common current, struggles current of man, life. right? Yes. Um, find some characters that went through things. My, my personally, uh, I have a lot, but Daniel, uh, Daniel is a very strong character for me. And no matter what happened with Daniel, God was always with him. He, Daniel never fold. And uh, plenty of times they tried to kill Daniel. But God would not a- allow him to die. So you, to me, you can learn a lot through the actual Bible characters, um, which is just being proactive and reading. Get, get into those stories. That's so good. Uh, same question, James. It, like from the when moments when you fail, you realize, man, I missed the mark, right? I, I sinned. I missed the mark. I, I disappointed my wife. I disappointed my kids. I disappointed somebody. Or I did the wrong thing. It was on me. How did you get back in the game for me failure is a challenge um as you said we we all come short to the glory of god we all we all have um the thing for me is um what do i do now Mm -hmm. i i can't i'm a person that can't stay still first of all um Mm -hmm. um, they beg me on the job to slow down i can't but um what do I do now? Do I sit down and wallow and worries me and oh man, I failed, I screwed up and some people nobody camp out me. there. Some people camp out there and they live the rest of their they life. They camp there. out there, they have a mobile home, R V and all like that, water fixture. Um that's that's not me. Um I, I have to move forward because um my mom told me one time, the moment you think that you are the worst off, there's Always somebody worse off than you. Always. And that's, that's, for me, that's God's love. Because if I'm not at that point to where I am lower than everybody else in the world, there's hope for me. There's always hope for me. So when I fail, it's a challenge. What do I do now? How do I move forward? How do I 
get closer to God. Have an argument with my wife. Okay, what do I do? How do I make it better? Um, as, as Bishop would say, what's the solution? Yeah. What's the solution? We could, we could argue all day long. Um, I could have a bad day at home, at work, you know, especially with my job, everybody, you know, with that. But what's the solution? Do I go out there and start hating people now? Do I start going out there and acting of the world, even though I'm not of the world? I am of God. So who do I, re- who do I emulate, God or the world? So even if I fail, I have to still emulate God, my dad. One of the things that I love, amen, you can give a hand for that. One of the things that I love is this concept of repentance. You know, that I can ask God for forgiveness and I can receive it. So no matter how many times I fail, if I'm really in my heart, I'm repenting to God, he's going to forgive me. He's going to meet me at that place. He's going to help pick me up and help me going forward. And so I think one of the most arrogant thoughts that we have, and it immobilizes us, is the thought that God's grace is not enough to forgive me for what I did. It is one of the most arrogant thoughts that we have as human beings when we say, I have sinned too terribly and I can't be forgiven for this. False. That is to demean the power of Jesus, the power of God to forgive, the power of the cross. And so there's nothing, there's nothing, absolutely nothing, when we come to Christ and we come with a repentant heart that he cannot forgive. And he cannot make us blameless again in the sight of God. And that's critical. So in our walk, understanding how do we get back in the game, we have the incredible tool of repentance at our disposal. I can repent every day. If I mess up, or I think maybe I messed up today, God, I need you to help me. God, I repent of this, that, and the other. And God, if there's something that I missed on my list, God, I repent for that. When we live a repentant lifestyle, we live a confident lifestyle because now I'm boldly able to approach the throne of grace because I've applied the work of Jesus Christ to my life. I said, God, I may not be able, I'm not worthy to do it by myself, but God, forgive me. God, apply the perfect work of the cross and let me move forward. Let me move forward. You know, Romans 3.23, for all have sinned, we fall short of God's glorious standard, right? Yet God in his grace freely makes us right in his sight. And he did it through Christ Jesus. So all I have to do, my responsibility is just to repent. I'm going to ask God, please forgive me. God, will you forgive me of all of these mess ups? All of these times I fell short. And then we repent, we're forgiven, and we can move forward. That's what the new life looks like. It's a life full of repentance. It's not a life full of perfection. It's a life full of repentance. And that's critical because if I repent and I, even if I'm just a little bit better than I was yesterday, I'm moving in the direction of God. So let, let's talk about for a second. Um, Curtis, talk to me about this. 
some people today, and I know you and I talked, to, and, and you told me about your testimony. What happens if, okay, I'm making a decision or I've made a decision to follow Christ. I want this new life, but I'm still digging myself out of the old junk that I came from. Okay, well, uh, I think it starts with the heart. You know, I know it starts with your heart. You know, the first two months I came here to Hope United, when I when I left here, I broke down. I broke down crying. I just let myself cry. I, Sometimes I didn't even know why. I would call my mom. I, I would cry in the, in the driveway before I even went in the house, uh, yearning to get back, you know, the next Sunday. Um and what that was, was that was God. I was allowing God to work on my heart. So if you want to change and, and, and live a Christian lifestyle, you have to actually yearn and want to accept that lifestyle. And it starts here with your heart. You know, when you love something that you're doing, it doesn't seem you don't have to ask to do certain things. It comes from the heart. Um, so, you know, you're happy to get to church. You're happy to, you know, read and, and, and talk to God. There's layers, too. There's layers uh, of the old man, and sometimes it's a process of God stripping those things off. You told me it's like about two, two months or something like that where you just many days you go home, and before you even walked in the house, you were having this moment where God was stripping things off of your heart and changing your heart, and you're just weeping, but it, it was a process. It was a process. So I have a little song that I like, and it's called Present Your Body as a Living Sacrifice. Uh, holy and acceptable unto Christ. And when you, you know, when you think of sacrifice, God already knows where you're at. So when you go back to that old environment, once you've decided to get baptized or saved or whatnot, he knows you can handle it. So God knows wh where you're at. And if you sacrifice those things or just write a, a list of the things down that, listen, this isn't, you know, right. You know, I, I need to give this up, give that up. Do what you got to do. If you got to burn it, if you got to throw it away. You have to uh, don't give it to somebody else because you want to make them better. But get rid of it. Just face that and sacrifice those things. And then what starts to happen is God, God started allowing me to see things differently or fulfill whatever I'm giving up or sacrificing, giving me different ideas and dreams and things to focus on with those same old times that I was using that time or those same old habits. He's creating new habits that are more interesting to me because I sacrificed and I burnt those, those old habits. Yeah. And you're getting into something key here because it's not just about eliminating old habits, right? Uh, you have to establish the right type of habits. James, tell me about some of the habits that we should establish in this new life. We're going on this journey with God, going on this journey with Jesus. What type of new habits do we need to be um, installing in our lives? Like anything that is new, um, that new feel, that new experience. We're excited in the beginning, um, but what we need is that foundation. We need that foundation. We need that Okay, if I take that step back, I have solid ground below me to move forward. If I need to step off, I have something solid. If I'm stepping off in, um, on the beach on sand, I'm not that stable. And God talks about it. You know, you know, cast a seed on, yeah. on firm ground, not something sandy that is not oh. going to take root. And so, building your house on the rock. Building a house on the rock. So um, you need that foundation. But as you go on and you're thinking that new car smell is going away, um, what do you do? 
you, you upkeep, you upgrade yourself, you keep moving forward. That, that you can't, you can't be stagnant. You can't be stagnant, um, as Pastor Rob was saying in the men's meeting. Be un, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Yeah. How how what what's what's going on in your life that if I'm at a place where I'm comfortable and I'm happy all the time and everything is easy going and it's too easy, but I'm scared to go out out of my way and to to step out of my lane, then you you're not you're not progressing. And that's where God wants you to be. He wants you to progress. I, he, he tells us, I want you to be closer to me. Yeah. How are you going to be closer to him if you're just stuck? We need to move forward. We need to, we need to keep moving forward and, and have that foundation. That foundation is everything. But once you're on that foundation, like any house, any building, anything, you start building. It could be a single-story house or uh, Trump Towers, whatever. You have that foundation, start building. Add more layers. Add more tools to your tool bags. And the more you do, the more you reach, and the more you grow, the more God is going to give you more to grow even more. The more you grow, he gives you more. But it all starts with that foundation. Amen. I think that's, that, that's so good, and this foundation is really um, principles from God that I'm, I'm, I'm setting these principles at work in my life. I'm, I'm setting these new habits of these new principles of faith in my life, and now I can, actually, I can actually ride on top of these new habits. And I think you know having habits of prayer, habits of reading your word, or habits of worship, habits of talking to God, habits of surrounding yourself with the right type of people that will help you get to those goals. Um, yeah, surrounding yourself with people that can coach you. And so I'm one by one building a foundation of these new habits because we can't just eliminate old habits and not replace them with something else or the enemy will fill that void with something else, a new bad habit. So it, 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 I think this is so important, and Paul said it this way in Romans twelve two, and you, you, this is where your song came from, right? Do not copy the behavior or customs of this world, right? There's behaviors and customs and habits that belong to the old man, but then there's behaviors and principles and, and patterns and, and, and routines that belong to the new man. So don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and perfect and pleasing. The way that we know God's will for us is we start to develop these new habits. And we build a foundation out of new habits. And I think that that's incredibly, just by virtue of these new habits, they're going to empower us to break the power of some of these old habits in our life. So what routines have you found to be very important in this new life? Well, uh, it's, it's a lot of different routines. The, the first tool that stand out to me is, uh, to me, a one-on-one -on, one -on -one, uh, worship is, is important. So, you know, there's things that... So you're morning, telling me after Sunday that it's important during the week between Sundays to actually worship. Yeah, it's... it's <laughs> <laughs> hey, 
It's, it's, it's actually mandatory. It's mandatory to get to the next Sunday. How about that, Pastor Josh? I like that. I like yeah. that. Um, j- even if it's not even the words itself, just the, just the actual, uh, you know, music while you're getting dressed or whatnot, it, j- it can, you know, change the atmosphere. Uh, it can duck certain things in your home or whatnot before they even um, present themselves. I just want to pause you right there because I think a lot of people don't think about this, but as a musician, I'm keenly aware of, uh, of this aspect of music. How many know that music can set a mood? All the couples in the room said, amen. amen. All right. Music has the power to set a particular mood. It does. Yes. Set a romantic mood, set a, a, a mood where you're, you're, you're energetic, where you're angry. So what you're talking about is in between Sundays, you want to set a mood in your house or in your car or, you know, at your job. You're trying to set a mood for yourself that's a spiritually uplifting mood that honors God. Absolutely. Uh, You can even see it in the way that the kids move when they're getting ready in the morning. So if I turn this music on, my son might be dragging. But today he's saying uh, yes and um, please. And, um, you know, he's putting his clothes on in a timely fashion, which is going to allow me to get to where I need to be in a timely fashion. Yeah. Um, and then I'll say the second thing, you know, that's real important to me. And I, I use this for myself and this is what keeps me in line is, uh, just being real with myself and I call it uh, rapture ready, mm-hmm. you know, stop what you're doing right now. Curtis, talk to yourself. If, if God was to come right now and crack the sky right now, it says no man knows the day, the hour or the time. Yeah. Will he like what you just said? Will he like what you just done? Will he like what you're thinking? Will he, will he like where you're even thinking about going? Okay? So in my past life, if I was out and I did have this drink, or I, I was going to try to, you know, roll this and smoke this and that, would I go in the rapture? Would Jesus take me with me in the midst of what's going on right now? And it got to a point where that's what I use for a self-check and what's more important to me is I, I really genuinely want to be in that number. I want to be in that calling. So... Monitor your week. Monitor the day before. Look over some of the things that you've done. And if, if those things seem to be not pleasing to your spirit, then make the adjustments that need to be made so that you can stay on point and rapture ready if God was to come crack this guy right now. I like that. The Bible says we'll give an account for every word. Absolutely. Can you imagine if you had to stand before God and give an account for every single conversation Behind someone's back, to someone's face, when you were upset, when you had that road rage. (laughs) An account for every word. We'll give an account for every action, and God sees everything. That's really why we have to be. We have to be ready for whenever God says, hey, it's time. It's time. Whenever God comes back, he says, it's time. And, and I think that's why it's so important to live a repentant lifestyle. God, forgive me for what I've done. Forgive me what I did yesterday. And when we live a repentant lifestyle, we can feel confident that we are in that number, right? But that's the dangerous thing about not living a repentant lifestyle. We get full of ourselves. We get comfortable. We think we're, we, we, we think we're doing the right thing. No, no, no. 
But to have a repentant, humble attitude in life, let me tell you something. I'm ready to go at any time. I'm ready to go at any time. Why? Because I'm living a repentant lifestyle. I am living a lifestyle where I am connected. I'm tethered to the cross. Absolutely. Right? Now, let's talk about consistency. Because if you're going to go somewhere in this new life, and you got to consistently be doing certain things. What, what areas are you consistent in? What areas would you like to become more consistent in your walk things that I'm consistent in is um, I try to be humble uh, that's just my nature I try to be a, a humble guy so um, with that being said what I'm trying to work on with the foundation the foundation for me is being humble mm-hmm. how do I use that in, in, in God's plan mm-hmm. um, work the people that I meet um, uh, with my family, with, with my friends, how do I use the gift that God gave me, which is consistent, easy. Things that we do on a normal basis that we don't think about, God's gift to you, that's consistency. Now, what do you do to be more consistent and with that gift, how do you show the world God. So when that person, like Pastor Josh was saying, the road rage, and you're kind of like, ah, okay, let me, let me just back off. Um, with that family member that pisses you off and you kind of like want to choke them, but you kind of like, no, that's not of God. Like he said, <laughs> you got to check yourself. Um, um, when you go to work, um, whatever job, whether you're a teacher, you're a firefighter, especially at work. That's when people see your true self. I mean, let's be real. At work, you spend more time at work than you do at home most of the time. So you show them your true self. Well, who is your true self? How consistent are you with your coworkers, with the people you meet out each and every day? How consistent are you with them in what you need to do? If you're not being consistent, you're not doing what you're supposed to do then this is what you need to work on. This this is, and which is tough to say, but it's doable. If Christ could give it to you, if he could give you that power to see what, you know, self-check, what you were saying, if, if he could give you that self-check, then you can do it. No excuse. You know, get that, 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 that urgency to run towards God instead of running away. Oh, it's, it's uncomfortable. Well, be comfortable with being uncomfortable. Run towards him. You can't do, but you can't fail running towards God. There's no way. But you know what? Running towards God is uncomfortable yeah. because he's going to, sh- in his perfection, he's going to show you the imperfect areas of your life. The closer I get to God in this journey of this new life, um, I'm going to see more of my flaws the closer that I get to God. And so I got to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And so I think that's, that's been one of the big revelations with me about Christ is like you start doing really good and man, I'm doing great on this level. And then you get closer to God and you, it's like his light is shining on your life and you're like, oh, wow, I got to work on this, that, and the other. Tell me one of the big revelations that you've had about 
the spiritual walk that God's had you on. Okay, uh, I don't know about y'all, church, but uh, this it's been fun. I mean, you know, <laughs> you know this this life I feel like is designed to actually have fun. I would say one of the biggest revelations I've had is um taking care of taking care of my body, my health. Uh, you know, I, I, I view my body different. It's not like I was living a a lifestyle where I didn't like myself, but you know, once God saves you, uh. You know, this body isn't ours. This is this is the temple. This, this is the temple of God. You know, we were bought with a price. Okay. And it clearly says to take care of your temple, which is your body. So one of the things that started working on me is uh, I kind of wanted to start trying to work out a little bit. I wanted to eat a little different. So these are just common things that you can relate to, which in return just start to make you feel better. Um, also, you know, you having a sober mindset now. You know, so so there's nothing detouring your mind. Uh, so, you know, with that being said, when you have a sober mindset, your, your mind can think more clearly and uh, you're just more happier. So I don't know about y'all. It's just a, it's just a fun lifestyle. It's happy. And I feel like it's, a, it's good for people to understand that it's OK to have fun. So I would say the biggest revelation is actually just, uh, you know, looking at my body in a different light. Like, wow, God lended me this temple. Yeah to be able to go out and reach people, okay, and conduct business in that manner. And I'm going to take care of it the best that I can until it's time to return it back to him. And, um, you know, that's, that's helped me tremendously, even just with my confidence. I think, amen. I think God makes us good stewards, you know. And so I'm stewarding this vessel. I'm stewarding this temple because I understand if I want to do some things for God and I want to do some things for my family, right? And I want to do some things in life, I'm going to have to have a vessel to operate in. You know, it doesn't matter how great or uh, anointed or powerful or full of purpose that you are. If your body gets run down and you're out of the game, period. And uh, some people that were great in God, they didn't take care of their body and they probably went before or their mind and they went before their time. So it's important for me to fulfill purpose, for me to do the things that God put me on the earth to do. I have to be a good steward. I have to be a good steward of my health, my finances, the relationships God places in my life. I got to be a good steward. So I think that stewardship component is so important. James, give me yours. What, what has been one of the biggest revelations for you in this new life? Doing more running towards God. Um, it's it's crazy. The more I run towards Him, the wider my sight is. The, I, I see a whole lot more. Like you said, you you see the different um, imperfections, imperfection flaws. <laughs> but I I I yearn to run towards Him like I run towards. With my job, I run towards the bullets. Yeah, I run towards danger you're, for my job. You're that type of personality, James. I think that we can all learn from it, that that tenacity, that determination, and that's what Jesus was talking about in the book of Matthew when he said the violent will take the kingdom by force. It's like we have to have an aggressive mindset if we're going to go somewhere in God. You know, if we're going to get the if we're going to raise to our highest potential in God. It's, it's an aggressive stance, right? 
You're, we're fighting an enemy that's after our soul, right? We're, you know, the, the devil doesn't want to give us ground. There's enemies that, 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 that will come against us. And there's also promises of God that we have to reach out there. We've got to get that thing, grab that, pull it into. I, I understand that promise is existing in the spirit, but it takes determination to pull that into my now. And I think a lot of times we miss that as Christians is we know, well, these are the promises of God. These are the things that God has said in his word, but it takes determination. It takes an aggressive mindset. It takes that thought process of taking it by force to say, I'm going to pull this from the supernatural into the natural by the, the force of my faith. The force of, uh, of determination of my will. I'm going to say, let me partner with God to pull some things into my now. Because I don't want to be the same place next year. I want God to elevate and continue to elevate and continue to make me a better man. Continue to make me a better person. Continue to take me higher with him. How, what's it? It, I've got to be aggressive. I, I, said this in the, I said this in the first service. If you think you can't do it, let me give you some examples. Jacob was a cheater. Okay. David had an affair. Nor was a drunk. Jonah ran away from God. Paul was a murderer. Miriam was a gossiper. Sarah was impatient. Elijah was depressed. Moses used to stutter. Abraham was old. Even with all those faults and we think that oh we got faults we can't be more like Christ and we can't move on he used these people imperfect imperfect as they are but we see them today as righteous righteous so if he could do it for them why not us amen it's about the direction that you're moving in forward forward always and we have a song for it forward I'm not looking back I'm looking forward. I'm not looking back at the old man. I'm not even looking back at yesterday in my failings. I'm saying today, God, I repent. God, make me new. Help me to do better. Help me to be a better man. Help me to be a better person. Help me to be the the, the person that you need me to be in this new life. I don't know where you are today or what mistakes are in your past, what mistakes you made an hour ago. But there's power in repentance. And there is the power to move forward and be confident and to win. Will you bow your heads with us today? I just want to pray with you today. And God, God, I thank you, Lord, that you would just remove every um, wrong thought that the devil has placed in our mind that we're not worthy, that we have to stay guilty that we have to carry whatever garbage or bondage or failures the rest of our lives jesus came and jesus died to set us free god i thank you lord that your spirit of freedom would be in this room that you would knock that burden that baggage off of people today that they would experience the true freedom that comes from christ the true freedom that comes from saying god i'm sorry I screwed up, but I know you can fix me. I know you can forgive me. I know you can give me a fresh start today. God, I thank you for the confidence that comes with saying, 
I'm sorry. The confidence that comes with knowing that we serve a big God that's bigger than our failure, bigger than our sin, bigger than our yesterday, bigger than the skeletons in our closet, bigger than the stuff people know we did and the stuff people don't know that we did. He has the power to forgive. As heads are bowed and eyes are closed, maybe you say, Pastor, I've drifted a little bit in my relationship with Jesus. Um, or maybe I've never really had the relationship with Jesus that I wanted to. If that's you, just slip up your hand. I want to pray with you right where you are today. If that's you, just slip up your hand. Amen. 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 God's going to do it. God wants to do it today. If that's you and you slipped up your hand. I'm excited for the journey God's about to take you on. If you slipped up your hand, I want you to say, pray this prayer with me right now. And everybody, you can say this prayer. Jesus, thank you for your forgiveness and your love and for dying for me. Jesus, I'm sorry for all the times I missed it. I sinned. I messed up. Jesus, forgive me. I need your help. Jesus, I need you to save me, but I also need you to lead me. I need you to give me the power to change. I can't change me, but I know you can change me. Jesus, I want to walk with you. I want that new life. I want to do things different. Give me the strength to break all the bondage, all the old habits, all the old thought processes, and to take on a new thought process. Take on new ideas that come from you. Help me follow you. In Jesus' name. Everybody say it real loud. Amen. Come on, let's give God the praise today. I want to tell you, if you made a decision today, I'm proud of you. Uh, It's the beginning of an awesome journey. It's the beginning of God doing things in your life and just blowing your mind, opening doors wide open. It's not just about crushing the old man. It's about welcoming the new man. Like Curtis was saying, it's fun. It's awesome. It's amazing. Yeah, there's some sacrifices. Yeah, there's some things that are tough and difficult and not easy. But man, it's the greatest experience of your life to say yes to Jesus. You're about to go on an adventure like never before. So I celebrate you today. I celebrate what God is doing in you. Can we just celebrate what God is doing in the room today? Thanks again for listening to our podcast. To hear more messages like this, make sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel for other episodes. If you enjoyed this podcast, please rate it and share it with friends. For more info or to connect with us, go to hopeunited.church. Remember, in Christ Jesus, we are one family in faith.